we just launched a new educational platform uh, called DChain, which is really focused on providing foundational base for either those who are already existing investors in crypto and just want to expand their horizons or you know, the whole bunch of new investors who are starting to eye cryptocurrency as a potential investment vehicle. Welcome to the My Future Business Show, where we get you in front of your best audience and keep you there. Not only are we interviewing the biggest names in business to help you become even more successful, we're inviting you to book your spot on the show to help you grow your business. So at the end of the call, make sure you fill in the interview application form at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. Hi, and welcome to the My Future Business Show. It's Rick Nusky. It's so wonderful to be back with you. It's great to have uh, two feet in a heartbeat. And, uh, you know, today we're going to be talking about a topic that I have loved since the very beginning. But we're going to um, speak about this with Mr. Edmund McCormick. Welcome to the show, Edmund. Thanks, Rick. Good to be here. Yeah, it's wonderful to have you. Now, uh, as I uh, mentioned, we were talking about uh, cryptocurrency off off, uh, off the call earlier. And, uh, you know, right now with uh, the pandemic and everything that's happening with the world, and people are really not opening their wallets too much, are they? No, uh, especially here in the US, uh, where, you know, the epidemic has really taken a, a really massive toll on the economy. Yeah, absolutely. I um, uh, With that being said, um, Cryptocurrency is, um, you know, not too far from the back of, from the front of our mind, should I say, in terms of, could this be an option for me? And I'd love to talk about that as part of the core of the yeah. call. But um, I think what we should do first, so to give some context about you and your wonderful organisation, Dechain, talk a little bit about where you are uh, and what got you to be where you are today. Yeah, so uh, as you alluded to, you know, we just launched a new educational platform uh, called DChain, which is really focused on providing uh, a foundational base for either those who are already existing investors in crypto and just want to expand their horizons, or you know, the whole bunch of new investors who are starting to eye cryptocurrency as a potential investment vehicle. So what we want to do is give them the foundations that they need uh, some analysis and guides to help them steer them in the right direction, and then ultimately, um, you know, uh, connect them with other like-minded investors so that they can collaborate. Which, you know, at the end of the day, is, is sort of the the missing piece that I, I think uh, I've seen. Absolutely, you know, I mean, there's a lot. There's lots to learn, isn't there? I, um, before we jump into um, some of the questions I have around um, crypto, um, I'd love to learn a little bit about, I guess, your career path that led you to this point. What, what's your background? Sure. Yeah, so uh, I've done about 14 years in the tech and media space, uh, mostly you know, large corporation type companies. And uh, this was always something that I've wanted to do. Uh, it was, I, I joined crypto, you know, I got into the space in, late 2013, uh, which was, uh, if you know, the timeline was, you know, around the debacle of Mt. Gox, uh, mm -hmm. which uh, almost put a pin in, you know, all the excitement around Bitcoin. And, you know, with that, you know, having seen sort of the ebbs and flows of, you know, this space and, you know, a lot of the excitement that it drew a couple of years ago during the last, you know, bull run, which if you've been in it for a while uh, and you remember sort of uh, it was a dirty word when you talked about crypto. People thought that you were doing illegal things on Silk Road. Um, you know, you were hiring assassins or buying drugs. Uh, so oh, I knew when. <laughs> well, that's my side gig. Uh, and 
you know, to see people embracing it and see people, you know, starting to look at it as, you know, for what it is, which is yeah. you know, a way yeah. to really connect the world in, in a way that, you know, we're not right now. You know, the internet, you know, is, has been phenomenal in terms of uh, providing a communication vehicle, a way for businesses to operate, including mine. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is that uh, we've also never been so disconnected at the same time. The internet that we go on here uh, in the U.S. and I would imagine in Australia is a very different internet than mm. other, you know, other places in the world, uh, you know, such as China, such as the Middle East, you know, are, are going on. Um, so, you know, to have a, a means of not only connecting people a little bit more seamlessly, but to also be able to provide services like banking to, you know, two billion people who don't have access to banks, yeah, uh, it, it's phenomenal. So, of course, there's always you know, the attention around the, the monetary and the economic benefits, but socially as well, um, you know, it, it's such it's such a transformative opportunity and, and we're really at the, the cusp of it, even though we're, you know, so early on, mm. Um, mm. it's exciting to see a lot of, you know, the development that's going on and sorry, you know, the, the eyes that are, are paying attention to it. And my, my grandfather the other day asked me about Ethereum and I mean, almost gave me a heart attack because... Yes. You know. <laughs> it's just not their space typically is it no he owns an aol email address so it's uh it was shocking <laughs> um but yeah it's 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 really exciting to see and, yeah and really exciting to see like who's interested um yeah. and that's really been you know, sort of the most eye-opening part of this whole experience where you know we thought we built it for uh you know the millennial type of audience who mm-hmm. You know, has been you know very you know, has one foot already in the digital world since childhood. Yeah, uh, they've seen sort of those safe havens like you know the housing market, like the stock market, uh, you know, take a pretty significant pullback in the last ten years. Mm-hmm. And we expected that they were going to be really interested. But what's been really interesting and and really I'm I'm so excited about it is you know starting to see you know baby boomers starting to you know join the platform, starting to ask questions. Um, they're they're the most you know active in the group, which um, I couldn't be more excited about. I think we should provide a bit of an educational experience here because after all, uh, yours is a crypto literacy network about education. I wonder if we can uh, go back and, and really simplify uh, it from the very beginning. What was the genesis of crypto? Where did this come from? So it came from a white paper from a, a unknown author named uh, Satoshi Nakamoto. Mm-hmm. And Satoshi, whoever he, they, she is, we still don't know definitively, mm-hmm. um, what he created or what Satoshi created was uh, two things. One was uh, what we know today as blockchain, uh, as, a, as a means of creating um, a distributed ledger. And I'm going to sort of break down that terminology because that's what really DeChain is all about. It's to eliminate a lot of the jargon that can be intimidating for people. Yeah. Um, but creating, you know, think of a Google Doc, okay? And, and Google Doc, uh, compared to if you were to get, you know, a Microsoft Word file, it allows everybody at the same time to see what's going on in that document. Uh, the one difference is that when a change happens, it's unalterable, unalterable. Uh, so <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, Tongue twister, especially for you know, 9.15 at night here. Um, so it, it's, a, it's a way of providing um, 
full transparency, full access to a world of connected computers with some, you know, added features on top of that, like cryptography, which in layman's terms is just uh, a way of using mathematical algorithms with um, different uh, types of safeguards to make sure that everything that you put into that block of data is encrypted and is verified and secure. Um, and that's really ultimately what blockchain, if I had to sort of break it down very yeah. easily, is. Yeah. Um, and then with that, uh, sort of the, the pairing was uh, the currency, Bitcoin, which you know most people are familiar with, um, and that being you know a store of value and, and a means of being able to actually utilize that distributed network of computers. That's wonderful. Thank you for breaking it down so simply. I um, I listened to this and I think to myself, um, only just recently we've seen a number of coins go out of circulation in Australia at least, and I suspect the same would be occurring globally as, uh, you know, value um, diminishes or changes at least. We start to move away from the paper currency more into the plastic currency, the, the credit cards, etc. Do you think that ultimately we will be a cashless society? Completely. Yeah. Um, I thought we would be a cashless society already. Mm -hmm. uh, the fact is, you know, he, here in the U.S., uh, the majority of transactions are still cash. Uh, other parts in the world, like China, like India, mm -hmm. it's almost entirely cash. Uh, I think, you know, with some of, you know, the practices that are going on by different governments, if you look at, you know, countries like Argentina, where they've had such an issue with inflation, countries like Venezuela, where there's different, you know, different levels of currency, uh, yeah. going from white, gray, black. Uh, I think it's becoming inevitable, um, as we get more connected that, uh, countries are starting to look at, uh, a digital form. And that's where you're starting to see, you know, the, what's called the, uh, the central bank digital currency, mm -hmm. uh, which is an extension of your, you know, paper money. Countries are seeing that, you know, they need to be able to have a legal tender in the digital world. And that's, I'm hoping that that's ultimately where we go because it not only gives people, you know, more accountability and, and sort of greater visibility in terms of uh, how they're spending their money, the whole process of how you receive the product that you have so mm -hmm. from farm to table how your tomatoes arrived at your on your you know in your living room or yep. your kitchen yeah um i think it offers a, a tremendous amount of value and i'm i'm definitely underplaying it you know in, in sort of in that analysis but um i think with you know a lot of well first of all where most of uh you know the economic practices are, are, are being done, uh, yeah. especially in most developed countries. Um, you're seeing, you know, a greater, greater adoption rates towards, uh, you know, digital currencies as a viable alternative. And, and I put out a, a newsletter yesterday talking about, you know, best country that really shows that is, is Mexico, uh, where uh, the issue of, you know, hyperinflation with uh, opaque regulation with mm -hmm. issues with the banking system 
has led to you know a, a boom from a you know from a, a group that really wasn't leading the way in crypto three four or five years ago so um i thought we'd be there already i thought yep. that yeah. we would be mostly a plastic you know economy but uh i think that this could potentially you know leapfrog us into change, that into that space change the world we live in um, this is wonderful insight thank you i am um, i often think to myself about governance i also think about um uh, that in terms of you know there's taxation systems involved and in, in our current um, economic structure uh, how do you see um, governance uh, overarching governance um, coming into play here in terms of taking their piece of the pie i was talking to uh, a cpa today about that so it's a little bit more cut and dry uh, when you're looking at the established centralized exchanges mm -hmm. uh, you look at Gemini, you look at Coinbase, KuCoin, Kraken. Uh, these are companies that you know have a board of directors, employees, uh, have a country of operation. Yeah. Where things get a little bit interesting are the decentralized exchanges. And this is in the same concept of having you know a decentralized ledger. Uh, these exchanges, also known as DeFi, uh, which is really starting to pump up the price uh, on platforms like Ethereum, mm -hmm. uh, there is no one that owns it. There's not one individual that you could point to and say, that's the owner of it. Um, and that makes things a little bit interesting, even where you know governments uh, you know, are starting to onboard consultants and experts to help uh, alleviate any uh, tax evasion or trying to you know, incorporate different types of regulation, it becomes a little bit more difficult uh, as it becomes more decentralized. So yeah. uh, it's a little bit of a dis uh, double-edged sword because it offers uh, more freedoms, but at the same time in doing so, uh, that could also hinder your uh, the adoption of sort of the space in general. Yeah, well, um, it, it wasn't that long ago that I actually... Um used my bitcoin and whatever else i had in my in my coffers to pay for utility bills um there there, there are lots of platforms that are allowing us to do this already are you seeing um you know providers um adopting crypto and and, and uh, blockchain more more and more uh i am and and you're seeing even when you create a, a website through you know uh, a squarespace a wix WordPress, um, there are a number of options that you could choose where, you know, somebody who is not tech savvy could very easily set up the, the system in place to receive it. Now, am I willing to part ways with my Bitcoin right now to pay? Absolutely not. But uh, you can definitely do it if you want it. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, I also see um, a lot of different platforms. I'd love to talk a little bit, of, if we could, Edmund, about sure. the actual, I guess, the trading space. You talked about KuCoin and other platforms. Um, just to give a bit of perspective, please share um, how many different types of crypto there are and why this makes a difference to investors. So uh, the short answer is there's a lot. Uh, mm -hmm. of crypto and um, the word crypto is, is pretty broad because it incorporates uh, you know the mega coins which a lot of people are familiar with bitcoin ethereum uh, ripple tether um, but what's also has sort of been introduced to the space over the last five years are these coins that uh, are used to 
develop on top of the blockchain, which is initial coin offerings. And what's interesting about them is that uh, people buy them in hopes that uh, that coin that they buy, that utility uh, mm -hmm. on, on that blockchain, on that protocol, uh, will be worth more. So for example, you know, if somebody wanted to buy um, Ocean, and I love Ocean. And if you're not familiar, it's a, uh, it's a protocol that uh, is built around the idea of uh, decentralizing data yeah. so that artificial intelligence can learn more, but at the same time gives the data owner um, a lot more control over holding that data. And by no means is this an endorsement of Ocean. Mm -hmm. But uh, in terms of buying Ocean, uh, which is on top of Ethereum, so Ethereum is the foundation of the house, an ocean are the walls. It's, it's funding this project, which in hopes will help us you know, enrich lives because of artificial intelligence. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, when you know, that, so those walls, that, that protocol starts to build out and operate um, as the price of ocean, that token that you buy goes up, it's worth more and, and the value uh, ultimately as an early adopter is, is beneficial to you. Having been fortunate to have experienced initial coin offerings myself, mm. uh, Edmund, there are a lot of uh, data points, I guess they provide in their papers where they initially come forward with an offer. And one that I recall personally, I don't recall the name, but it was to do with the shipping industry. And uh, mm. I invested in that and it, it, it appreciated. Uh, but it fluctuates as does anything in the markets. Um, so what are, what are some of the big movers and shakers that you, you are involved with now? You've talked about ocean. What other like, uh, you know, more transport oriented um, and, and I guess general services oriented platforms that are exciting you at the moment? Services, it's um, a good question. Well, foundation, I, I'm, I've been invested in Ethereum and, and Bitcoin for a while mm -hmm. um, and uh, fundamentally, uh, uh, that's something that I, I believe in. I believe in, you know, the value of Bitcoin more as a currency than a blockchain at this point, but Ethereum, you know, really as, uh, you know, a next generation world computer and, and that's how they market themselves. Um, when it comes to, uh, shipping, I'm, well, logistics, I should say, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not involved in as many as, as. I mean, I, I find a lot of them fascinating, but where I put my own money is mm -hmm. um, is is in a limited few. Um, yeah, yeah. And I, I try to I try to not spread myself too thin. Um, mm -hmm. But there are there are protocols out there that are are very interesting. Um, I actually had a conversation with uh, CEO of a company called Eventchain, and he was talking about uh, Komodo. And Komodo is uh, it is blockchain built on blockchains. Mm -hmm. And what's unique about this is that uh, every every blockchain, even if the rest of you know Ethereum changes and uh, you know, Komodo is no longer compatible for whatever reason, and the developers have a falling out with Vitalik Buterin, who's the founder of, of Ethereum, mm -hmm. um, it lives in perpetuity, and it's it's not it's built on to provide extra layers of scalability and it's built on to provide extra layers of um, operability, but at the same time, it's self-sufficient. 
So uh, those, those types of developments are very interesting. I, I'm much more, at least personally, interested in um, development around data, development around privacy, has to do with you know a lot of, of sort of my my career yeah. um you know having spent earlier part of this decade uh, a number of years at, at apple and you know being in advertising world where data privacy is everything um uh, that's personally interesting to me mm-hmm. but i could tell you you know different protocols like tron um and oh, waves tron. which <laughs> you know i i i can't talk enough about those guys yeah so, I, uh, you know, I sit here and I think to myself, um, when the this massive rush for uh, GPUs was going out because people were mining Ethereum, Bitcoin, and the mm. likes early on in the day, you couldn't buy a graphics card for your computer if you wanted to. Um, tell us a little bit about what was going on behind there and how people are actually mining this this crypto. What's that all about? Yeah, so <clears throat> mining is uh, is a very resource exhaustive process. Um, the idea of mining is uh, you are, and going back to you know the part about GPU, um, mm-hmm. you would have these these volunteers. And I use volunteer because they're not rewarded until they crack the you know they crack the uh, the algorithm itself. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you run these you know very exhaustive rigs, and it's. Essentially, uh, you know, either you're running it yourself, it's a supercomputer in essence, and it's generally at this point, at this point it's like a farm, um, or you're joining a pool of other people who are you know, sharing their CPU usage. And the idea there is um, knowing that the transaction that is occurring that wants to be added to the block is protected by a, you know, two, two uh number strings, numeric strings that uh, in order to find the last one uh, involves a tremendous amount of, you know, mathematical, you know, computations and algorithms in order to figure out. And the golden knobs is what they call it. And uh, in order to do that, uh, it's, you take on a little bit of risk because you might not be the one who is able to crack it. Um, but the rewards uh, are certainly worth it. Now the rewards go down, uh, especially on you know, platforms like you know, like Bitcoin, where it's halved every four years. Um, but the idea there is those miners in being able to crack that that algorithm essentially add that layer of security where uh, it's verified, and then when it's added to the block, um, it's unchangeable. So. Um, that's sort of the, without miners, um, there really there is no blockchain. Now mm-hmm. I say that with a caveat because um, proof of stake, uh, where instead of you know waiting for miners to to be able to do all these verifications and in that process the price the fees go up, um, and that's where you have you know orphan blocks where two blocks come in two blocks of data. So when you swipe your credit card. You want to purchase something. If you do that at the same time as someone else, and you both want to be added to the blockchain, uh, only one of you is going to be able to go in first. So <clears throat> that causes a little bit of a, a bottleneck. And uh, what that's created is a scenario where everyone is focused on how do we 
offer much greater scalability. How do we speed this up a lot more? And that's where staking came in, which is um, you are running, uh, in essence, similar to a miner, it's called a validator, Mm -hmm. uh, except you are holding collateral. So you are saying, I'm going to verify this transaction and I'm holding all of this collateral as a means of offering insurance. Yeah. Uh, of yeah. That this is this is um, uh, this can be added to to the chain. Thank you for sharing. I just want to make sure that everybody who's on the call today are aware that these are, I guess, higher level uh, conversations that we're having. And, uh, you know, it does not need to be, you know, anywhere near this complex. So that's just to make it very clear that these are high level conversations. Now, when we talk about um, splits, I'm not sure if that's the term that they use. They have a a chain of or they want to split um, Ethereum or what's that? What's that term called? When they uh, forks forks that's the one i was looking for um talk yeah. us talk us through that and why they do that because it's always been fascinating to me is that when they you know their, their education about a thing can be approved or what is it about well it's, it comes down to human nature uh, all of these blockchains are created by people and mm-hmm. people disagree yeah and uh those disagreements uh create these forks where uh you have one group who either wants to maintain status quo uh, while the other group wants to progress in a different direction. And that has caused uh, variations of you know many of the big cryptos that we know. So you have Ethereum Classic versus Ethereum. Yeah. And uh, what's been interesting, uh, actually, as we talk about this, is uh, Ethereum Classic, uh, one of the, the main points that they wanted to stick to was having limited supply, following the, the model of Bitcoin. Um, but what that's created is a scenario where uh, at any point, if 51% of all of the Ethereum Classic are owned by one or a group of individuals, that group owns the blockchain. Yeah. And that is devastating. So uh, that's a scenario that you know Ethereum Classic is going through right now, and, and hopefully they figure that out. But at the end of the day, you know, it comes down to developers, disagreeing on where uh, either the blockchain technology itself or the currency is going and what the next steps are. And and that's where these groups then split off and uh, either create their own entity or they move um, the current project forward. I spend a lot of time in Discord listening to communications through different channels and um, many of which are cryptocurrency focused. Um, you know, they, that's where they communicate most of their Do activity. They have strong opinions. Oh, <laughs> to say the least. Now, I, I again, I, I want to keep it clear that uh, for everybody that this is high level conversation. And the next question is about whales in the market. Um, those who come in and they want to buy up big. Who are some of the players that are considered whales, and are they going to be a threat um, to longevity? Um, so. Many of the, the big whales uh, you know, are, are institutional type of, of players. Um, the one who's making the most noise uh, right now is, uh, is Grayscale. Mm-hmm. Grayscale is, aside from buying TV commercials here in the US, which is wild in and of itself, mm-hmm. uh, especially because I can't run a Google ad saying the word cryptocurrency, but they can run TV commercials across all of our networks. Uh, that's another story for oh, another yeah. day. Uh-huh. Uh, 
you know, they're, you know, they're constantly making the news. Um, it, it's hard to go, you know, a week or two without hearing them putting another 100, 150, 200 million dollars. Um, but the the whales and and the reason that you know they have these you know very funny memes and these images of them are just uh, for the most part they're you know collective groups. Um, you do have some individuals who have very substantial holdings, mm-hmm. um, but they have you know these very large positions in the currencies: Ripple, Ethereum, Bitcoin yeah. are yeah. Uh, the three big ones where. Uh, when they decide to profit take and they sell large positions, it creates a lot of volatility. Now, <clears throat> in securities markets, you, you have similar types of, of groups. However, uh, those groups are, are generally not as active. Uh, you, know, you, you would have, for instance, for Apple, Apple is part of a pension fund, you know, retirement uh, IRAs. There's so many college savings where if Citibank decided to, you know, their analysts decided to offload 2 million shares of Apple, it might cause a a blip, but it's not going to cause a 10% volatility. And and that's really where, um, you know, crypto is unique. And I think you mentioned before, you you drew uh, a parallel um, to currency and foreign exchange. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, the term Forex is, you know, a, a financial investment vehicle that, you know, professional traders generally get involved in. Um, yeah. And it's interesting because, you know, with crypto being so volatile, uh, the average person, uh, if you're going to hold, you know, you're going to buy Bitcoin, you're going to put it, you know, in your either your hot wallet, which is you know, your USB internet stick. connected. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, or your, t- or your trezor, uh, and you're going to sit for three, four years. The act- activity of a whale is, is not really going to impact you dramatically, especially yeah. for the larger mega caps. But if you are trying to day trade, um, which is very dangerous, mm-hmm. um, then you need to start looking at, uh, indicators like volume and yeah. starting to monitor, um, different candlesticks and moving averages. Um, and it, the influence that they have in this market mm-hmm. um, is, and it might be arguable to say, is is more dramatic than what you might see in general securities. I've been watching, the uh, you know, the market, the daily trading in these uh, Discord channels, and you know, buy now, sell now, grab this, don't <laughs> buy that, and buy this amount. It was just overwhelming at such a rapid pace uh, that things change here. It's scary. And everyone's an advisor. It's it's uh, it's the Yelp. For, for crypto <laughs> investors, everyone is Warren Buffett, um, and you know on our site, you know we are not an advisory. Uh, we're we're adding some really interesting investing tools so yeah. that you can do your own research, and we certainly always advise um, to do your own research, make your own decisions. Um, but we we try to avoid um, any type of talk around uh, Chainlink is the next Ethereum get in Chainlink today um, because we don't own a crystal ball. And having seen several, you know, bull runs and pullbacks, um, things can change in an instant. Moment uh, moment by moment. Exactly. Yeah. So go ahead. 
Oh, so it it's you know channels like Discord, like um, Telegram are are very interesting. They're entertaining. Uh, you follow some really good people. Um, it's it's certainly you know worth checking out, but um, certainly be careful of yeah the. <clears throat> the, the carl the, icons of uh of discord let's call them personalities um exactly <laughs> edmund this has just been such a wonderful call it's certainly a topic that uh, clearly i'm interested in and your knowledge and, and depth and breadth of experience and in this game is just phenomenal thank you so very much for sharing now when people are coming to you and they want to get involved and learn more directly from you i guess where are they going to go and what are they going to see when they get there yeah so uh come to dchained.com. So it's the letter D, chained.com. And when you come to our site, uh, you're going to have an opportunity to uh, put in your email and you'll get a short mini course that uh, I created. It's a, a three-part series just to give you a little bit of a primer and let you know what to expect on the site. Uh, you know, we, we have a, a, a very uh, flexible membership uh it's a it's a dollar trial and i i put all over the site if you're not satisfied after 30 days i'll give you your dollar back uh we really our focus here is to invite new people into this space uh, you know having seen crypto over the last you know seven years since i got involved uh, it's somewhat intimidating and it's yeah. unapproachable and we want to try to remove those barriers because uh, it's, it's somewhat been a, a little bit of a country club for, for tech geeks like myself. Mm -hmm. uh, and we want to open those doors a little bit and we want to make it more accessible, more inclusive. And, um, you know, the idea is we just, if you're a smarter investor, you know, you'll be a better investor. And, and we want to make sure that we're arming, you know, you know, visitors to our site. We have a wealth of information, giving them, you know, the same level of, of data, of analysis that we give our paid members albeit there are a lot of different features that, you know, of course, we, we say for you know our, our community as well. Of course. There you go, everybody who's on the call today. Um, I have a personal interest in this. I know that this is um, something that you can certainly benefit from being involved with as an investor. There's certainly a bit to learn, but it's not overwhelming. It's stuff that you can get involved at dchained.com and work with Edmund and his wonderful team. Uh, and if you find, if you're looking for this link, you'll find it no matter where you find this post back to Edmund. Uh, Edmund, in closing, thank you so very much for having this wonderful conversation with thank me you. today on the show. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the call, then make sure to subscribe, leave a comment, share us with your friends, and book your spot on the show at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. And if you're looking for solutions that will help grow your business, then visit myfuturebusiness.com forward slash shop.